0: It is that time in the church calendar when Christians hear from this section of John's gospel again and again and again and again, my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed, we hear throughout this month of August. For Jesus's earliest audiences, this was difficult to hear. Why, they probably thought, is he speaking this way? What is wrong with him? What is he trying to say? Did he say what I think he said? These are fair questions. One New Testament scholar has observed that the word for eat used in this passage can mean gnawing or chewing loudly something that Jesus and the narrator seem to go out of their way to use. This is the only instance in the gospel according to St. John in which this word gnawing or chewing loudly is used instead of eating. In graphic language, Jesus invites his followers to gnaw on my flesh, a confusing command. This invitation to chew with gusto, to leave nothing behind, to take the chicken all the way off the bone is a telling window into the life God is constantly coaxing us toward in Christ. Every Sunday we receive the Eucharist either with open palms or on an outstretched tongue, kneeling or standing or sitting, praying with our bodies in profound ways. Our posture as we receive the Eucharist is important because our bodies matter to God, because matter matters to God. It is with these teeth and mouths that we gnaw with these brains that we think, with these throats that we swallow, the gift that is Christ himself. That may very well be the impulse behind this section in John. Early Christians who were confounded by the proleptic nature of communion, that Christ was at once Present, absent, and returning. Present as bread and wine, as the flesh and blood they chewed upon, and yet absent, not present with them in the way we are present to one another in this place today, chatting at coffee hour and passing the peace across the pews and returning in a way that could not be articulated, but could be felt in their bones. They, like us, wrestled with the big questions of the Eucharist. How and where Jesus is present in the consecrated bread and wine. Now, while the particulars of the how are not universally agreed upon. Whole denominations have been caused by this very question. One thing can be agreed upon across Lutheran, Episcopal, Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, and Methodist churches. The real presence of Christ, that phrase that means that no matter the particulars, Jesus is truly and really present in the bread and wine. And for those of us who are inclined to be a little bit more cerebral in our approach to faith, we have to sort of suspend, suspend that inclination if just for a moment. Across denominational barriers, we agree that Jesus will keep his word to us. That as we chew on the flesh and body of the Son of Man, we will experience eternal life. Not in the sense of going to heaven when we die, which is very nice and good, but in the sense of experiencing a quality of life infused with the very life of God in the present age. It is this quality of life, life overflowing with life, God overflowing with God, joy overflowing with joy, deep calling to deep, that we are offered in the Eucharist. Every first Sunday of the month at Mount Carmel Missionary Baptist Church, where I grew up, the altar was set with bread and wine, donned with a substantial white cloth. The silver trays from which the deacons served communion created an illusion of a body resting atop the altar. Prompting me as a child to ask my mom, Is that Jesus under there? I hope children and others who come to this place on any given Sunday leave with that same impression. Is that Jesus under there? the impression that the crucified and risen Christ is hiding in plain view, that he is here at this table as guest and as host, that he is here at this table as bread and wine, that Jesus is here at this table as flesh and blood, that he is here in this place at this table, saying to each of us, gnaw on my flesh, chew on my flesh. I offer everything I am and I have to you. Now, I don't want anyone to leave here under the impression that Jesus' invitation is for polite company. Jesus' invitation is for those ready to enter the messiness of life with God. Who might already find themselves in messy situations or relationships, or as some people refer to them as situationships. People ready to be surprised by mystery. People who are caught off guard by a God who desires nothing less than the dizzying joy of saying to each of us, my flesh is yours, my blood is yours. Receive me as the gift that I am.